Hey guys, thanks for listening to SwiftCast. If you're a fan of Taylor, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on iTunes or your preferred podcast app, and it will automatically download our latest episodes for you every week. We have tons of exciting episodes coming up as we go track by track through Reputation and gear up for the Reputation Tour, so you'll only be doing yourself a favor by subscribing. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star rating or review. It helps fans like you find our show easier. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Tumblr at SwiftCast13, and you can find all of our episodes and social media on our website, SwiftCast13.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome to episode 242 of SwiftCast. This is Ashley. Adam. And Steph. And we have a great episode for you today, talking all about the recent Grammys that just happened. And before we get into the episode, we just wanted to thank you for being patient since our last episode. We put out 241 about two weeks ago, and that one was all about the Endgame video. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm still liking the video, still watching it. And as you probably know, we've been doing the show, putting out episodes pretty much every single week since 2013. So we're coming up on five years, and I just can't believe that. No, it's flown by so quickly. And we're very excited that we're getting closer and closer to the Reputation Tour It's a little bit of a bummer that Taylor is just not being seen. She disappeared back into hiding as soon as Reputation came out. Yeah, it really does seem like she was seen a lot during release week. And then, of course, for the various Jingle Ball shows that she did. And I assume the next time she'll be back out in the spotlight is when tour starts. So she might be gone for the next couple months, unfortunately. It does seem like that is going to be her trend. I thought that maybe after the new year, she would be out more. We would see her, but it seems like really, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see her until tour. And so leading up to tour, I think what we're going to do for right now is start to bring new episodes for you every other week instead of every week. Yeah, I think it makes sense just because the news is, you know, a little bit slow and we do still have 13 songs left to discuss. We've only done Ready For It and Endgame, so those will be coming in the next couple months, Um, but it should work out well. Yeah, because we really want to bring you strong episodes full of as much exciting news and content as possible and we thought it would be better to bring really strong, really fun episodes every two weeks instead of maybe not having as much to talk about every week. And plus, we don't want to throw all 13 songs at you at once. We've mentioned before on other episodes, even though we started almost five years ago, the only album we were ever able to cover track by track was 1989. And so this is only the second time we've been able to discuss songs in depth. So we want to space it out because it's really fun. And 
we don't want to do week after week of song discussions. And I think that we all learned during 1989 that the longer that we had the album, the more we kind of learned and understood about the songs. So maybe discussing them a little bit later might actually be better. True. Good point. Very true. Every time I listen to the album, I think of new things with every song. But don't worry, we're still going to be very active for you guys. We're still going to be on our Twitter, on our Instagram. I'm sure we'll be doing the occasional call-in as we all get excited for tour. We'll have giveaways. And then if we have anything like a special guest joining us, you know, we still might have episodes that pop up in between those every two weeks. Right. We're not setting this in stone. We're just trying to plan ahead based on what Taylor is doing right now. But tour is going to be here before we know it, and I can't wait. I'm so excited. It really is going to be here before we know it. Pretty much three months. And another exciting announcement to share. As you know, we had a giveaway going on for the past couple of weeks. We partnered with FYE, and we were able to give away one of the exclusive limited edition Orange Reputation vinyls, which was really exciting. And our winner that we announced on Twitter a few days ago was at Shame on Meow Shannon. And we're so glad that we got to give one away. So congrats to Shannon. Yeah, enjoy. That is a really, really cool giveaway. And thank you again to FYE for partnering with us for this. And if you go to FYE.com, I think you can still order the vinyl. So definitely do that before they're all gone. Before we move into our news for the week, there's been a topic being discussed pretty heavily on Twitter this week that I'm sure many of you have seen. People are very upset because recently, David Mueller, who, as we all know, was the DJ found guilty of sexual assault in the court case with Taylor over the summer, was just hired by a radio station, 92.7 KIX in Mississippi. Yeah, there's been a lot of outrage about this all over the news, all over Twitter. He has been hired as Stonewall Jackson, which I think was to hide his identity. And I I don't know, I guess I kind of expected this. It, It just seems like that's what happens these days. It doesn't matter what you're in the news for. You usually are able to to find a new job or new work or continue in school. So I guess I'm not really surprised, but I am certainly angry like everyone else. And I think the concern that a lot of people are sharing is that if this DJ did what he did, which he was found guilty of, to someone as powerful as Taylor who has such a big team to protect her. It's really concerning that he could be in a position of power back at another radio station where he could have the chance to try and do this to someone else. Right, that's exactly it. And I think it's just really disappointing because especially in the last year, it seemed like a lot of progress had been made, especially with Taylor's trial and Taylor being one of Time's silence breakers as person of the year and so it seemed like at the end of the year things were kind of at a high 
And this just stings, kind of takes away from the movement. And I understand why people are upset. Some people are emailing and calling the radio station. If you do that, I suggest that you be professional. And also, I think that people need to understand he probably has a contract with this radio station. And it's probably for a specified period of time. So we might not be able to affect any change at all, even if fans are emailing or calling the radio station. Yeah, it just makes me mad that this guy is getting his name in the headlines again and that this radio station's ownership decided to hire him, which just seems incredibly dumb. But maybe things will change course. I feel like in the past, when a huge backlash against something has happened, that the people have changed their mind, whether it's hiring a specific person or... Um, changing something about a company or or any there's countless examples so maybe with all this backlash they will decide not to hire him or change their mind or something we'll see I feel like they hired him obviously knowing that there would be this backlash and this is a very small pretty unknown radio station out of Mississippi and because of all the outrage, they're now in the headlines, which they otherwise would not have been. And so I would say everyone definitely has a right to be upset. I think it's more productive to email them privately instead of giving them attention on social media. The email address that you can contact is Larry, L-A-R-R-Y, at DeltaRadio.net. That's on our Twitter, too. And if you do send an email... Just be professional, you know, express your concern, and that's really all that we can do, but we'll have to see how this develops. And now we have a lot of exciting updates to share for our news. Our first piece of news is that Taylor has been nominated for Best Female at the Global Awards. Well, Taylor is definitely a global superstar, so I can understand why she would be nominated for that award. And she just continues to add to all the nominations she's earned over the years. They recently announced that the Billboard Awards are going to air on May 20th, and Taylor holds the record for most Billboard Awards, which she has 21. And so it's unclear if she'll attend, but she does have tour shows on the 18th and 19th. Yeah, it was unfortunate that she didn't attend the Grammys, but maybe she'll attend the Billboard since she'll be, you know, back in action, back on tour, and she does have that night clear on her schedule, so we can always hope. I don't know. I think she possibly could. She hasn't attended the past couple of years, so it would be nice to see her back there. The nominations haven't been announced yet, and I would bet she'll be up for a lot. So maybe she'll show up. Well, as Taylor has done countless times in the past, she recently sent flowers to a newlywed couple whose song has always been Love Story. And she sent a note along wishing them the most magical wedding day. Those are always fun stories to hear. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would not be surprised if Taylor meets the couple on tour. Well, speaking of weddings, another 
exciting announcement that recently happened is Ed is now engaged. He posted on Instagram that he, quote, got myself a fiance just before New Year. We are very happy and in love, and our cats are chuffed as well. I think that's a British term for happy. I'm not sure, though. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Gotta love Ed's British slang. Yeah, and actually, this reminds me, when we discussed Endgame on the last episode, I forgot one really important thing. And, of course, after we stopped recording, I remembered it, and I was mad at myself for forgetting to ask. But in Ed's lines of Endgame, when he, he sings that there are four words on the tip of his tongue, I'll, I'll never say it. And so a lot of people have wondered what those four words on the tip of his tongue actually are. So I wanted to ask everyone on the last episode, what do you think the four words are? Well, before this engagement post, I really had no idea. Um, I think some fandom discussion went on afterwards and maybe they figured out what it is. But to be honest, beforehand, I had no clue. Yeah, you know, I'd really like to know. I kind of wonder, for me, I guess I thought, will you marry me? Right. And then I also thought, I love you too. But it doesn't really make sense with even his lines in the song. Because he's talking about how great everything is. So, I don't know. I would love to hear more about the production and development of the song. Maybe someday he'll tell us. A lot of fans have also wondered, and my favorite prediction was that the four words are actually red deserved a Grammy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there couldn't possibly be four truer words. Hey, and he was part of the red album, so I could see it. (laughs) (laughs) And our next piece of news is also Endgame related. Endgame is now Taylor's 40th top 20 single on the Hot 100. Wow, that is a lot of top 20 singles. Yeah, and you have to consider this is only the second single of the album, and so there will be more, and that number is just going to continue to increase. Well, my favorite news item for this week is that it looks like tour rehearsal has started, and that's because David Cook, who is part of Taylor's band, recently posted on Instagram... Rehearsal time for Taylor Swift's 2018 Reputation Stadium World Domination Tour. It's gonna be bananas. I love that quote, and it just makes me more and more excited for tour and what the tour is gonna be like and how awesome it's gonna be. I wonder where they're rehearsing. Yeah, I was wondering that too. It seems like usually they start in Nashville, and of course... Last time for 1989, they ended up in Pennsylvania for the final rehearsals. But I don't know. Things could be different. And the good sleuths in the Taylor fandom, I don't know if you guys knew this, zoomed in on the computer and it looked like on the computer he was working on Don't Blame Me. Oh, I did not notice that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
That's so exciting. Another exciting thing that's concert related is it was just announced that Taylor will headline a new festival called The Biggest Weekend in Swansea, Wales this summer. Taylor will close out the festival as the headliner on May 27th. And actually, Ed is also going to headline. He'll be the headliner on May 26th. So if you're an international fan, or if you want to take a trip to Wales, the tickets are going to go on sale on February 12th. So that should be really exciting. I don't think Taylor's ever performed in Wales, right? Not that I can remember. And I would guess that Taylor will appear with Ed, or Ed will appear with Taylor, or maybe both. Yeah, that's cool. She'll do a little trip over to Wales um, between Reputation tour stops. She has one in Denver on May 25th, so I'm sure she'll head out right after that. And then she'll be coming right back, too, because she has another show on June 1st in Chicago. So, quick little overseas trip. And that's all the news we have for this week. We will be right back with our main discussion. So as we mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about the Grammys, which aired from New York City on Sunday, January 28th. And I was kind of surprised to see that this year's show just really wasn't received very well by the public, both in the ratings and just people's opinions on the winners. It was kind of a train wreck. Yeah, there definitely was a lot of outrage. I read that the ratings were down about 24% from the previous year, um, which is a very big decline. And I don't know if that was because there was a lack of star power or something. I mean, there were still lots and lots of big names that performed and obviously big names that were up for all the major awards. Um, But it just seems like in this day and age, people don't you know, watch TV as much, watch award shows as much. So I could see that continuing into the future. I definitely, now granted, I know I'm biased, but I definitely attribute it to Taylor not being there. I think we all knew she wasn't going to be there. And for me, it was just hard to even get excited about it. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing that people were very unhappy with was just the fact that As far as the winners, the only female to win an award solo was Alessia Cara. Other than that, there were no females that won on their own in any category, despite a ton of them being nominated. Yes, in the actual um, Grammys, not including the pre-awards. Right, in the actual televised show. Yeah, that was disappointing. I mean, there's one category in particular that we'll talk about a little bit later that I think the voters got completely wrong. I don't know. Even today, this morning on my radio station, which is already two days after the show aired, they're still talking about it. And they specifically noted the lack of, they listed Taylor, Ed, Adele, and they also included Beyonce. Beyonce was physically present, but she didn't have any nominations. Um, So I definitely think that's a big factor. But as far as Alessia being the only woman to win 
during the televised portion of the show, some of the statements that these producers have made is, I think, what's really causing a lot of outrage. The one producer said that women need to, quote, step it up, which is crazy. Uh, The names that my radio station and that I just listed were women, with the exception of Ed. And uh, like I said at the very beginning of this episode, it's really disappointing after it seemed like the end of the year ended on such a high with times, silence breakers, and I don't know, it feels like we're going backward a little bit. Yeah, I was shocked by that statement. He's like the head of the Grammy committee or something like that. And he said that women need to step up. I mean, in 2017, just think of all the great music that came out from Taylor to Kesha to Camila Cabello to Lady Gaga. I mean, there are so many female artists who had a great 2017. Yeah, what was his name was Neil, I think. Yeah, Neil Portnow, he's the president of the Recording Academy. Yeah, I'm sure that he regrets saying that now, but hopefully he learned to think before speaking. And another thing that's been talked about a lot is the fact that in the Album of the Year category, Lord was the only female nominee but for some reason, she was not offered the opportunity to perform. Apparently, they asked her if she wanted to perform as part of the Tom Petty tribute. And she told them that, you know, being an album of the year nominee and as the only female in the category and with an album melodrama that's been extremely critically acclaimed that she would like the opportunity to perform a song from that album and... I have no idea why they wouldn't let her. It just makes no sense. Yeah, that it just doesn't make any sense. But I'm glad that people are talking about it. Yeah, and I'm very glad that she explained and, you know, that it's been talked about because hopefully that will make them strongly reconsider the way that they treat women for next year's show because, I mean, we all know they wouldn't do that to Taylor. But it seems like unless you're Taylor, female artists just don't get a, as much respect as they should. Right. It's You have to wonder, though, will they go to the other extreme and just give female artists all the awards? We don't want it to be like that. Um, it's just, especially with this performance aspect, is I think what makes people really mad. And obviously winners of the awards are decided before the performances take place, but it still doesn't seem right. If someone is successful enough to be nominated for this coveted Album of the Year award, that they wouldn't want to showcase that for the audience. Absolutely. And I'm sitting here trying to remember, when Taylor performed Out of the Woods, it was, she opened the show with Out of the Woods the year that she won Album of the Year, right? Right. Correct. And I I can't remember exactly whether every nominee for album of the year that year performed, but I'm I think yes. I'm just not positive. So of the performances that did happen, did you guys have any favorites? Well, obviously, my favorite was Better Man. It was written by Taylor and performed by Little Big Town. And the cool thing is 
that song went right back up into the top 10 of iTunes after the award show. And that song was released in October of 2016. So it was really nice to see the impact of the performance of it. And it also won a Grammy. Yeah, I almost didn't even realize before these nominations came out that Better Man was on this year's cycle. I guess it must have come off right after the cutoff. Yeah, it must have, because it was later October of 2016. I've got to say, that's definitely a song that I hope Taylor will play at least a couple times on tour. Yeah, I wonder about that. Couldn't you probably see it as a B-stage song? Definitely. While everybody is talking about Kesha's performance of Praying, which, I mean, that performance itself should get a Grammy. Absolutely. That was another favorite. Yeah, if you didn't see it, she welcomed Camila Cabello, Cyndi Lauper, Julia Michaels, Andra Day, and Bibi Rexa up on stage, and they all sang it together with her leading. And it was really powerful, and it made a really big statement. It was great. And that song and her album Rainbow have gotten very high praise all year from critics. Yeah, I've been hearing her new song with Macklemore on the radio a lot. And even that song also has a good message. Yeah, I have too. I really like that song. Yeah, that song's called Good Old Days if you haven't heard it on the radio yet. I'd imagine that it will be all over the place soon. So one of my favorite performances was the last one of the night. And it's kind of a controversial song. A lot of people are maybe tired of it because it gets played on pop radio stations a lot. But it was 1-800-273-8255 by Logic uh, featuring Alessia Cara and Khalid. And I've always liked the song, and I did get to see Logic at the jingle ball that Taylor was at, and I was really impressed by him. He's, from what it seems like, a very good person. He has a good heart. He uses his platform um, to spread a positive message, and he certainly did that to close the Grammys. I loved it. Yeah, I have to admit, I might be one of those people who is kind of sick of the song. I... I'll admit I usually change the station when it comes on my radio, but that said, I did really like the performance on the show. So before the awards aired, we took a poll and we asked you guys who you thought should win in each category. And we're going to take a look at those and see who actually won. The first one was disappointing. But it, it, this was the category for visual media. And Taylor was up for this along with Zane for I Don't Want to Live Forever. So for our poll, we had I Don't Want to Live Forever, How Far I'll Go, and Never Give Up. And of course, our listeners chose I Don't Want to Live Forever 78%. 11% said How Far I'll Go, and 8% said Never Give Up. How Far I'll Go won the category and of course that was from the movie Moana if it had to lose I think I'm happy that how far I'll go won I agree with that I can see why that won I think I'm one of the few people who has not seen Moana but from 
all the social media reaction people agreed that it should have won and it did so can't complain the other nomination that taylor had was for best country song for better man and our listeners voted 97 percent for better man and unfortunately it did not win um chris stapleton won that award for broken halos yeah he is just so insanely popular in the country genre right now yeah i guess it wasn't that surprising but i still believe better man should have won better man is it's just a piece that really showcases taylor's songwriting skills so I was hoping it would win. But Little Big Town did talk a little bit about Taylor on the red carpet. They said that Taylor sent them flowers a few days before with a note. And it said, can you believe that this song took us all the way to the Grammys? And they also talked a little bit more just about how Taylor emailed them and said, I have this song that I've had for a while. I think your harmonies would work well for it. Do you want to use it? So for the category of pop vocal album, 66% of our listeners thought that Ed would win with Divide, 25% predicted Kesha for Rainbow, and 9% said Lady Gaga with Joanne, and Ed did win that category even though he did not attend. Now, I don't think Ed made a statement as to why he wasn't attending, but I read at least the rumors were he was not attending because Divide was not nominated for Album of the Year. So I, I don't know if that's true. It, maybe he had something else to do. But for me, I, I'm i happy Ed won. I didn't really know the other albums. I, I knew of them. I just Divide is the only album I've actually listened to in full out of that category. Yeah, me too. It was a good album. And I didn't see people complaining on social media about this one as much as one that is coming up. So we'll get to that. So I don't know about you guys, and I can understand why Ed was disappointed that Divide wasn't up for album of the year. But I don't think Divide is as good of an album as Multiply or Plus. You know, I think that because he was gone for an extended period of time, I think people probably expected more from that album. For me, it's hard to pick my favorite album out of Ed's. I think if I could take bits and pieces from each album and put them together, it would create one of the greatest albums ever. I think that's my issue. I have a lot of trouble figuring out which album of his is my favorite. I feel like with Plus... Obviously, he was new, and he has such a unique sound that nobody else really had. And then with Multiply, he kind of took that to the next level and was able to make songs building off of that sound that had more elements to be pop hits and radio hits and rap elements. And then with Divide, it was kind of just more of the same. Yeah, I could definitely see why why people would think that. And especially, like I said, with him taking a break, I think people thought it would be different because he does he does sort of have the theme of he'll do some rap songs he'll do ballads you know you compare perfect and thinking out loud 
perfect is just tearing up the charts and that's great but to me they're really similar songs and I don't know which one I like better I actually really love both but for people who wanted something different I could see why that's disappointing and the next category was pop duo or group performance and the nominees were something like this Chainsmokers and Coldplay Thunder, Imagine Dragons, Stay, Zed, and Alessio Cara, Despacito, Louis Fonzi, and Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber, and Feel It Still, Portugal the Man. And something just like this is what our listeners expected at 29%. Feel It Still, though, was actually the winner on the Grammys. Which I I was surprised. I love the song, but I thought Despacito would win. I thought so too, because that was just obviously the biggest song of the year in terms of you know popularity, YouTube views, everything like that. Now moving on to one of the controversial ones of the night. It was the award for best pop solo performance, and the nominees were Shape of You, Ed Sheeran. Love So Soft, Kelly Clarkson, Praying, Kesha, Million Reasons, Lady Gaga, and What About Us, Pink. And the award went to Ed. And a lot of people did not like that, mostly because, sure, it's a fine song, but all those other songs that were nominated, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinions, they were much more powerful and meaningful songs, whereas Shape of You is kind of just, you know, a, a good pop song. That's about it. Yeah, I was definitely very disappointed with this result. So for you, which would you have awarded the Grammy to? I think the other nominees are probably all equally deserving, but I don't think anybody can ignore just how powerful praying is and how many headlines it made how much kesha overcame this year and in the past several years i mean i know that's not technically what the award is supposed to be about but if anyone's personal story deserves a grammy it's that one i would agree yeah i love ed i'm glad he's adding more grammys to his collection but for this category i would have also gone with praying. And I think especially, like I mentioned earlier, one of the concerns about that category was, again, that he was the only male nominee. And, of course, we can't say that's why he won, but these were four women, all very deserving. And I think it just added to people's overall unhappiness with the show this year. Yeah, that's a good point. So, Best New Artist is always a highly anticipated category, and the nominees were Alessia Cara, Khalid, Lil Uzi Vert, Julia Michaels, and SZA, and 57% of our listeners predicted that Alessia would win, and she did. I saw some outrage about this category. Yeah, I think that stemmed from the fact that Alessia's been around for a little while, and I don't know the technicalities in what constitutes a Best New Artist, but 
It is true. She has been around for a couple years. Remember, she joined Taylor on stage um, during the 1989 tour in 2015. So that was over two years ago. Yeah, and I definitely saw a lot of that backlash, too. And Alessia made a post on her Instagram about it, and she basically just said, you know, I know that people are very upset, but I didn't ask to be nominated. I didn't submit myself to be nominated. I don't make the rules, and I'm not going to let anyone take away how proud I am of something I've worked for in my whole life, basically. Right. I think it's a common criticism every year. I think every year there's an artist who seems to have been around for a while who's included in that category. So, like like Adam said, I don't know the technicalities of it, but she was nominated, she won, so that's all there is to it, really. I mean, she's definitely very talented. She's had several radio hits at this point, a great songwriter. Well, the next category was Song of the Year, with, uh, there was That's What I Like, Bruno Mars, Despacito, Louis Fonzi, and Daddy Yankee, featuring Justin Bieber, 444, Jay-Z, Issues, Julia Michaels, and 1-800-Logic, featuring Alessia Cara and Khalid, and with our listeners, 46% thought that Logic would take that category, but that's what I like. Bruno Mars was the winner. I can't really fault that one. There were a lot of solid contenders there. Um, I think that our listeners didn't even really vote hardly at all for Despacito. And like I mentioned before, it was such a big song that it certainly could have won. So, I mean, pretty much all of those songs were deserving, in my opinion. Yeah, all of those songs were all over the radio. So that one was a hard one to predict. So if you didn't remember, um, Song of the Year is for the writing of the song, and Record of the Year is for the production and the singing of the song. And for Record of the Year, the nominees were 24 Karat Magic, Bruno Mars, Redbone, Childish Gambino, Despacito, again, The Story of OJ, Jay-Z, and Humble, Kendrick Lamar. And our listeners had an even split thinking that Kendrick Lamar and Bruno Mars um, would be the winners. And coming in a little bit behind was Despacito. But the award went to Bruno Mars for 24 Karat Magic. And I think a lot of people predicted overall that this was going to be Bruno's year for the Grammys. I guess so. That, That was not my prediction, though. For me personally, I like Bruno. I I thought he did a fantastic performance at the Super Bowl, but the songs that I heard on the radio from 24 Karat Magic, I, I just was not impressed. Well, we might as well just move right into the Album of the Year category, where the nominees were 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars, Awaken My Love, Childish Gambino, 444 by Jay-Z, Damn by Kendrick Lamar, and Melodrama from Lord, and Bruno won again, and I don't know. I was disappointed. I think we all know why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a little bit biased towards Lord, but I don't know. I mean, at the same time, 
I kind of figured there was no way they were going to give it to her when Adele won last year and Taylor won the year before. I know that's not how it works, but I just it seemed unlikely that there would be another female winner. Well, and there was only one female nominee. So, right. So here's my criticism. This happened a couple years ago when let's let's call it the big three awards um, outside of Best New Artist. So Album of the Year, Record of the Year and Song of the Year. A couple years ago, um, Sam Smith, I think he won two out of three of them. Uh, Last year, Adele won all three of them. And this year, Bruno Mars won all three of them. Why can't they spread it around and give awards to different people? They've all had such good albums and songs and singles, yet they're only recognizing one of them for all three of these categories. That's just the one thing that I do not like at all. Although I do have to say, would you feel the same if Taylor had won all three of those categories for 1989? Well, of course, I'd be happy for her. And as a Taylor fan, I would be ecstatic. But I kind of feel like the way that it went in her year, um, 2016, where she won Album of the Year, um, but not Song of the Year, was okay. And was she up for both song and record or just song? Uh, I thought she was up for all of them. And I know in 2015, Shake It Off was beat out by Sam Smith in those categories. Yes, you're right. And yeah, Taylor was up for, um, when she won Album of the Year, she was also up for Record of the Year for Blank Space and Song of the Year for Blank Space. Um, But Song of the Year went to Thinking Out Loud and Record of the Year went to Uptown Funk. So understandable because those were both super super hits i guess it kind of comes down to do we believe that this is all via a fair and closed voting system or not and i'm sure there are probably people who know more about the voting process than we do maybe it is all totally you know lockdown confidential and it just so happens to work out the people are voting for the same people and that's why they're winning i don't know Yeah, that's something we'll never know. I just have to say, I don't think Taylor would ever win all three of those big categories. And I think it should be, kind of like Adam said, a real rarity for somebody to win all three. And it seems like it has happened in recent years. So I think overall, and rightly so, the Grammys were a little controversial this year. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens next year, especially with respect to Taylor. Will Reputation be up for Album of the Year? Will she have more singles nominated? I still can't believe myself that Look What You Made Me Do wasn't nominated for Best Music Video. I'll probably never get over that, but it will be interesting to see what happens Absolutely. And let us know what you guys thought. We love hearing your opinions. You can contact us in a number of ways. We're on Twitter at SwiftCast13. We're on Facebook and Instagram, also at SwiftCast13. You can email us at SwiftCast13show at gmail.com. And all of that information is on our website at SwiftCast13.com. So thanks again for joining us for episode 242. This has been Ashley, Adam, and Seth. 
and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye.